They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Thanks be to God. permanently on okay right sorry about that so nice to be here thanks uh, Mary for reading that so we're looking at this passage and I want to apply this passage to us in 2024 the heading in the Bible says the fellowship of believers the passage describes a transformation in the lives of of the believers in the early church. And that's because the Holy Spirit came upon them and he made all the difference. And they weren't just going through the motions, they were on fire for God. And that affected all that they did and the quality of their fellowship. They shared their faith together in tangible ways, devoting themselves to fellowship, both spiritual and practical. And other people were added to their number and their gatherings grew. And today we would call that doing life together. Something about them was very attractive, and other people wanted to know what that was and wanted to join in. Um, they didn't just start a club. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they just grew in number uh, through reputation as it went around, um, that there was something different about them. Um, they were a really good witness. Whilst preparing this talk, I've been dipping into a couple of books, so namely Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life and Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, which was recommended uh, a couple of summers ago by Jonathan. I don't know if you've read either of those books, but I definitely recommend them. They're both challenging and thought-provoking. Francis Chan asks, have we strayed away from the way God wanted the church to be? And Rick Warren, he lays out um, a biblical understanding of how we can be a better family of God. So today I want to get us all thinking, I want to challenge us, especially as we're entering into the church's 150th anniversary year. Now, there have been lots of changes in St. Paul's over the years, and some of you have been attending for a very long time, haven't you, Janice? Yes, Janice has been in with the woodwork, haven't you? And we'll have seen a lot of changes here. Um, but interestingly, Francis Chan, in his book, asks, are we doing church the way God intended? Or should we be going back to the house church model, um, as was the practice in the early church? After all, the church is about people, not about the building. We tend to think that church is gathering together at half past 10 and half past six on a Sunday. But is that what God had in mind? Did God ever expect the church to be concerning itself with utilities Money to pay staff, plush new toilets, kitchen rotors, perhaps not. 
Logistically, it's good to have a building though, isn't it? Personally, I like to call a specific church building my family, my spiritual home. I like to identify with a spiritual family. And it's great too to be able to have a big event like the Kaylee we had on Friday night uh, because we've got the space. But I wonder, should we perhaps be meeting in small satellite groups around the town and only coming to this building for big events? like uh, youth, youth work or, you know, social events or conferences, that kind of thing. Um, I don't actually love the idea of not coming here. I love coming here on a Sunday. But what if that's what God longs for? How should we react? What should we do? You know, inspiring books like the ones I've just been reading are all well and good. Um, but radical change can be uncomfortable. And there's a danger of becoming disaffected through change. But there's also a danger of being disaffected when there is no change. St. Paul's is now a hub church, and some of us are struggling to know what that actually means. And not just the ones of us here, either. Um, It remains to be seen, but we need to watch this space um, and see what God is going to do through that and what the um, senior team are going to implement because of that. And I just want to put those thoughts out there um, as food for thought. Could we do church better? And if so, how? And I'll let you discuss that in your small groups. I like what Rick Warren has to say in his book because it's applying scriptural truth. And what comes next in my talk are not my ideas. And they're not even Rick Warren's ideas. They're actually God's ideas. So let's have a look at what he has to say about belonging. Can we have the first slide, Ephesians 2, verse 19, please? Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. And then the next one is 1 John 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light and he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So, we Christians, we were, commu- we were created for community. God's plan is for us to have fellowship, and we were formed to be part of a spiritual family. None of us can fulfill God's purposes on our own. The Bible instructs us that we belong to each other. There is no, other thing, no such thing as a solitary Christian. And God will never tell us to go it alone. We need each other just like a lump of coal needs other lumps of coal to make it into a fire. If a coal falls out of the grate, it sits on the hearth, cold and dead. It loses its glow. And the Bible says that when we neglect meeting together spiritually, not socially, but spiritually, we can grow cold too in our faith. And Jesus says that Uh, Whilst our relationship with him is a personal thing, it was never meant to be a private thing. Because in God's family, we're all connected to each other. Being a church family identifies us as a genuine believer. So you must identify with one specific church and serve it somehow as best you can. And it can't and it won't be perfect. He wants us to work on, he wants to work on us, uh, molding us into what he wants us to be. So he's chipping away at us that irritation, that obstacle, until we change our attitude, because we're all works in progress. 
The church is a hospital, after all, for sick people. That's us. We're all sinners. I wonder what God thinks of denominations, though. It'll be interesting to ask him one day. Did the Baptists get it right? Did the Pentecostals? Or were Vineyard Church's streets ahead of all of us? Who knows? But God expects us to love one another despite our differences because he proves to the world, that proves to the world that we are his disciples. Now, at its worst, church can become a club where we just turn up when it suits us. It can simply turn into a place where we go to meet our friends or to join in activities to help structure our week. We can be fulfilled and committed in serving or we can become a passenger and simply take what's on offer and let that meet us, meet our needs at the time. But the church isn't supposed to be a club. The Bible describes it as a body. No body organ on its own is of any use unless it's connected to the human body doing its job. We have the next slide, Romans 12 verse 5, please. <coughs> so in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Whilst our relationship to Jesus is personal, it's never intended to be private, as I've said. In God's family, we're connected with everybody else. It's a clear illustration, this, though, um, and it's easily understood. The people in our passage were all of one mind, and they were meeting in homes. Their mutual faith gave them a mutual sense of belonging. Now, you don't go to the gym and have fellowship there, do you? No. You turn up, you do your activity, you nod at somebody who looks familiar. Maybe you'll see them often enough and you'll start to have a conversation with them. But you aren't going to share your life with them and tell them all your problems. You might have a sense of belonging at the gym through your love of exercise, but it's not going to be the same as church because church is different. And let's remember, as we've already sang this morning, the church is the people, not the building. Technically, therefore, the church could meet in homes today just like the other church members did. But the church is different than the gym because we all identify as sinners. We all need God's grace every day in all sorts of situations. And Christians mutually believe this. Can we have the next slide? Galatians 6 verse 2, please. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So yes, we can bear each other's burdens in a church even this size. Ours is a big church. Maybe on a Sunday morning you feel a bit lost, a bit overwhelmed in the coffee lounge because it's often um, quite easy to feel lonely in a crowd, isn't it? So I got thinking about this. What great resource has the church come up with in recent decades, do you think, to help us belong and find community? Anyone know? Exactly, that's right, home groups. Now, Jesus had 12 people in his small group, and I reckon if it's good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for us. Attending and serving in a local church gives us a sense of belonging, but being in a home group gives us community. Now, have you noticed how in church life we're all thrown together like a big, a big bag of pick and mix? Sometimes there are more pear drops than there are barley sugars and not enough gobstoppers. It's true to say, there are often people who ordinarily we just wouldn't bother with. Perhaps they rub us up the wrong way or make us feel uncomfortable. 
And if you don't know what I mean and you can't think who that possibly could be, then maybe it's you. <laughs> and I'm only joking. But God wants us all to get along, to suck it and see. He wants us to cultivate community. In our small groups, he wants us to be honest with each other, to affirm each other, to show humility towards each other. And humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. He wants us to be courteous to each other, to respect our differences, to value confidentiality, and he wants us to meet frequently. Without these things, we're not going to get very far in life together. The expectation is that we will meet regularly in our small groups and we'll find practical and spiritual support. Some churches call house groups cell groups because by definition, the expectation is that they will grow, divide and multiply. Sadly, did you know that in St. Paul's, we only have 19% of church members in a home group? That means in houses, I don't mean um, the ones that we meet here after Oasis, but actually in homes, and there are only 14 home groups. I've always been rather puzzled why we don't push it from the front a bit more on the Sunday or advertise it in the Friday email. Seems a bit odd. Most churches do. I'm sure we could do a lot better here at St. Paul's. If you'd like to join a house group, then have a word with Anna Baker in the office or send her an email because she's got a waiting list. However, I happen to know there's nobody on the waiting list at the moment. But this is a good time for me to plug that John and I uh, want to start a house group in our new house in Heathcote. So if anybody would like to meet on a Wednesday evening, we've got three ladies who are interested at the moment. So we're looking for couples. We need some men, otherwise John will feel like he's at a ladies' meeting. Um, but yeah, so just put that plug in there. Um, but the more demand there is from the church, the better. Now, when it comes to communication in church life, we've got no excuse these days, especially if we've got a, a mobile phone, because we've got WhatsApp. Imagine how useful to the early church that would have been. Because, you know, WhatsApp brings a whole new dimension to church life. Have you realized that in St. Paul's, we've got prayer ministry WhatsApp, timeout WhatsApp, walk and talk WhatsApp, free cycle, swap, sell and repair WhatsApp, and the list goes on and on. There's a lot of opportunity in our church to connect with each other. Now, I'm not saying that there is anything wrong with having a social life through the church. You need to get to know people to be able to feel comfortable with them. You're far more likely to share and confide in people who you get on with, aren't you? But we do need to make sure we get the balance right. God intends us to experience life together, and the Bible calls that fellowship. But fellowship is more than casual conversation. It's more than socializing. It's more than fun and food. Maybe we've made it too much about that these days. Fellowship goes beyond friendship. It's walking alongside each other. Do we have the next slide? 1 John 3 verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So he wants us, in this passage he says, we need to bear each other's burdens. We need to pray for each other. True fellowship includes unselfish loving, putting yourself out for the benefit of others. When we moved house in October, we were bowled over by the amount of people who rallied around and helped us 
Some people did four car trips between houses, moving boxes, and it made all the difference, especially when we don't have our three big lads living near us, as you would have expected. They would have helped their mum and dad, but no, they're not here. So our church family is you lot, and it was just wonderful and such a blessing to us. Um, Jesus, the, in a host group, John, Jesus wants us to share honestly. He wants us to provide a safe place <coughs> for sharing. He wants us to be practical, to give of our time and talents and stuff, and to give sacrificially. Perhaps financial support if needed, or sacrificing your own needs and time. He wants us to be giving sympathetic comforting, to drop everything, to be there, to listen, to pray, to hold someone. Maybe even to eat together. Food is always a good thing for bringing people together. But of course, being in a small group doesn't guarantee that you'll experience real quality community or fellowship. And that's because you've got to put into it what you won't get, I mean, you won't get out of it what you don't put in. You have to try. Um, you have to be prepared to show mutuality by giving and receiving. And you have to be authentic, otherwise it's just not going to work. Honesty is the key, and none of us have a perfect life. But we can bear one another's burdens. God wants us to be sympathetic to each other and to show mercy to each other. And we can do that in home groups. Every time you understand and affirm someone's feelings, you're building fellowship. Every time you put your arm around someone and tell them you're praying for them, you're building fellowship and community. Every time you compliment and encourage people, you're building fellowship and community. And every time you bless someone with a birthday cake who thought you didn't have a clue that it was a birthday, you are building fellowship and community. We get a deeper sense of fellowship when we volunteer and serve together, perhaps in a team effort or in a regular commitment. It's only when we feel a deep sense of belonging and community that most of us will be ready and able to share at a much deeper level. Now, I absolutely love this church community. I would say it's the best church community I've ever been in. Um, maybe I've just grown up, I don't know. But it is, it's a lovely church to be in. And in home groups, we can get together and pray knowledgeably for each other and be accountable to each other. Can we have the next slide? James 5, verse 16. <coughs> Excuse me. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The world doesn't get it, does it? It looks at us. It might even notice that maybe on a Thursday night, people traipse into number 14, and they think, what on earth are they up to every week? And I would think that perhaps the nearest thing um, non-Christians have to a home group is a book club. Perhaps if your home group is more like a book club, then it's not working in the true biblical sense. Because like the early church, we're meant to do life uh, going deeper and doing life together, and that's what happens in home groups. Um, the early church lived a new way of life, and new Christians joined them, and I'm sure that it was a, a new thing to them to come together and share their lives, their problems, to have people praying for them. They were accountable. Unfortunately, these days, people don't want to be accountable. Accountability is not really on offer, um, and it's not good for people. 
So being in a house group, being accountable to each other, praying and supporting each other is so good for us. So I hope I've addressed this subject helpfully. I just wanted to turn the tables a bit and challenge us and give, give us some food for thought about how we can live a different life. So there you have it, a bit of a whistle-top uh, tour through three chapters of Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, and some reflections from Francis Chan's book and some of me thrown in. I definitely recommend that you read these books if you haven't done already. And so in our small groups, we've got three questions that I'd like you to discuss. Um, the first one is, does my level of involvement in this church demonstrate that I love and am committed to God's family? The second question, how can I help cultivate the characteristics of real community in my small group and my church? And then there's a teaser question. What would it look like if the church gave up its buildings and went back to meeting in homes? So I hope that's giving you food for thought. Um, thanks very much. <laughs>